Prize Life podcast. My name is Victoria Smith and we are on episode number 82 of the podcast. So we are all about giving women tangible, actionable tips to lead their most vibrant lives. And we do this by alternating with coaching episodes where you actually can really dig into a challenge in your life and interviews with women who are doing just that, who are leading incredibly vibrant lives, whether that's through the work that they do, the beliefs that they hold, the parenting that they do, all that kind of good stuff. And this week on the podcast, I am so pleased to be joined by Jody Willoughby, who is the co-founder of Crave Cookies and Cupcakes. Now, if you are from Calgary and many other cities that they are located in, but mainly if you're from Calgary, you understand the phenomena that is Crave. It feels like when they started, they just came out of nowhere. It was just this word of mouth. And all of a sudden, everyone was saying, no, you've got to have a Crave cupcake. You've got to have a Crave cupcake. And now the addiction is real. And I am a regular visitor to one of their stores and pretty much make sure that I try their craving of the month, whatever that will be. This month, it's pumpkin spice, y'all. Just saying, you should go check that out. Before I get into what the podcast is going to be all about, uh, what the interview is all about, we have a really exciting giveaway that we're doing in in partnership with Crave. If you want to win a $50 gift card that can be used in any of their locations, and remember they're located in Calgary, Edmonton, and Saskatoon, then what you're going to want to do is head on over to Crave's Instagram, which is at Crave Cupcakes, and by tomorrow, end of day tomorrow, Thursday, October 4th, they will have a post up that is advertising the giveaway away. So you'll just want to tag friends that you would want to share some of your cupcakes with. Maybe, maybe not. Cupcakes are for sharing, guys. And then make sure to follow both at Girl Tries Life and at Crave Cupcakes on Instagram in order to enter. So I interviewed Jody's sister, Carolyn, way back in the day when I was a student at Mount Royal studying entrepreneurship. And because I was just fascinated by how how they'd really created not only this brand, the marketing brand, but come up with this business, which is really all about an affordable luxury, right? Like same as Starbucks. I spend that, you know, four or five dollars a day kind of thing. You spend that money on an affordable luxury that brings some joy into your life. And I felt like Crave Cupcakes was the exact same thing. But when I interviewed Carolyn, I was a little, little baby student and, you know, asking really itty bitty baby questions. So I was really excited to dig in with Jody. And we actually start off about how Crave almost never existed, (laughs) about how this was a business that was turned down multiple times, which is not something that's uncommon that we hear of, right? You know, J.K. Rowling, her book was turned, the first Harry Potter book was turned down by so many different publishers. So I talk with Jodi about what she says to fellow entrepreneurs who face rejection. We also talk about what life was like in the early days when it was all hands on deck, how they've expanded, and now what Jody and Carolyn's roles specifically look like and how they're different. We talk about the values that Crave has as a business and why they're so important. And we also talk about how that branding came to be, how they had such a strong word of mouth, strong branding. And finally, we kind of dig into with Crave having been open for 14 years, what's the future of Crave and how they keep things fresh, pun intended. Now, the Girl Tries Life podcast is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network powered by ATB. Since we are talking entrepreneurs, it only makes sense that we talk about the ATB Entrepreneur Center. So they have various entrepreneur centers in Calgary, Edmonton, Grand Prairie, Lethbridge, and they even do some pop-up locations in Okotoks, Leduc, and St. Albert. So you really want to check that out. They have some phenomenal upcoming workshops at their various locations, including 
know what you don't know, unconscious bias, successful marketing and communication strategies, five foundations of strong marketing, how to accelerate your sales, all these good things. But to find out about them, you got to go to atbentrepreneurcenter.com. Now, I also want to give a shout out to the Alberta Podcast Network, which we are a proud member of. Now, given that we're talking all about brand, well, we talk a lot about branding in this episode, I do want to give another shout out to A Branded World, a podcast by Louisa Campos. She talks with all sorts of business owners about how they tell their story, their marketing, their branding, how it all came to be. So she's got some really interesting recent episodes. Episode number 45 is all about how branding shapes your identity, which I thought was really, really interesting. And especially for business owners who are really struggling to figure out where, you know, where to spend their time. They talk in episode number 44, she answers the question, why focus on your branding when you already have a million other things to do? So I think that's something that a lot of entrepreneurs can really resonate with. So it's definitely something to check out. Uh, So all of those will be linked in today's show notes, which can be found at girltrieslife.com forward slash podcast forward slash 82 for episode number 82. Now, uh, again, just another shout out before you forget, did you remember we're doing a giveaway? Yep. (laughs) So go to Instagram, go to at Crave Cupcakes, and by end of day, Thursday, October 4th, there should be a post about the giveaway itself. I would love to see y'all enter. I am so excited to give away this gift card because it's just going to be delicious for whoever wins. And while we're on that note, if you want to make my life a little bit more delicious, (laughs) Yeah, I know. I'm really going out on a limb with this uh, with this one here today, guys. Lack of caffeine, all that good stuff. Anyways, if you would like to make my life a little bit sweeter, I would absolutely love it if you'd be willing to leave me a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. It makes a huge difference to uh, people deciding to choose to listen to a new podcast because your time is limited, right? Well, we've all got so many things on the go. So if you'd be willing to do that, you would absolutely make my day. So without further ado, let's head over to the interview. Well, thank you so much, Jody, for joining us on the podcast. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. It's uh, great. You're hosting me in your lovely space, so I'm super excited about it. Yeah. Well, I have been a longtime lover of all things Crave. It's how many years have you guys been open now? So we opened the doors in September of 2004. That's nuts. Yeah. 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 It, and was, it was crazy. Could you have imagined then you know, expansion across provinces and... You know, I think my sister Carolyn and I are the the co-owners and co-founders of Crave, and I think we always thought it would be more than one. You know, we've kind of gone through some transitions during this, you know, business life of ours yeah. of wanting to expand on quite a rapid basis and then kind of pulling it back a little bit and saying, do we want to expand? Then we're kind of thinking now, how do we expand? So... I think we thought it might do one or two, but, you know, jumping into a city like Edmonton and then a province like Saskatoon, that was, that was definitely cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's neat. Well, I want to rewind a bit because it sounds like Crave almost never was. Mm -hmm. So what is, what is that story? So basically Carolyn, she was working for a company where she really felt 
stifled by her creativity. We grew up um, with a family of bakers. And so we grew up on a farm outside of High River and Carolyn would be the one inside baking cookies. And I was the gal outside, you know, moving cattle. And so we had these kind of two different um, skill sets that we started to acquire. And she really loved to bake. Carolyn loved to create. She loved to make up recipes. And so it's always been a passion of hers. So we both went away to university and graduated and we're in our own fields in, in different industries. And she was just feeling really stifled and so she and you'll hear if you ever hear anything quoted by her she always says if I had it if I had had a million dollars I would have opened up my own little shop or little bakery and Mm -hmm. um, we just kind of started doing a little bit of work and decided that it didn't take a million dollars and so she looked at me and she said hey you know we can get along. We we can do this together. Do you want to come along with me on this journey? She's a big journey? thing. Sisters don't always get along. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And um, we credit that to growing up on the farm. That if you weren't if you weren't getting along, you had no one to play with. Yeah. So you <laughs> you learned to forgive and forget quite quickly. And so then we did. Uh, a little bit of preemptive work trying to get into some farmer's markets. And so we did up these beautiful baskets of cookies and we had this menu designed and we had our name, which at the time we had about five or six names kind of sent it out to our friends and said, which one do you like the best? And Crave came back the huge winner. And um, so then we sent out our cute little package with all our marketing materials and we got shot down. So we're like, oh, from oh, a farmer's market, yeah, farmer's market. Like. And we're like, we're local girls, like just kind of yeah. like really put our story out there, which was Did 100%. they try the cookies first? I, you know, they're I amazing cookies as well. I know. I know. I, I love the cookies. I can't remember if it was all photographs that we had to submit or if it was actual product. I can't just off the top of my head remember what. It must have been photographs because they, if they tasted those. Yeah, I know, right? Kicking themselves now. <laughs> and so then we rented some commercial kitchen space because our cousin has also always been a big supporter and a big fan of our products. And so he said, I'll give them out at Christmas time to my clients. And so we rented commercial kitchen space down in High River. And he gave them out to all of his clients over Christmas. And so then a few things started trickling in. And so then Carolyn and I kind of looked at, okay, so what are our next steps? The farmer's market, again, wasn't an option for us. We looked at doing commercial kitchen space in Carolyn's house at the time. Her and her husband lived out in Douglasdale. And we looked at converting their basement into a commercial kitchen. And then Carolyn and Tony found this space down in Kensington. So we wrote up our business plan. Um, we kind of got our financials all together and went and pitched the idea to the landlord. And he, he, he embraced it. And so we opened that first Crave location in a single bay. Yeah. In, yeah, we opened our doors after the long weekend of September 2004. That's nuts. Yeah. Can I ask, and you don't have to answer this, but mm-hmm. like how much did it actually cost to get that business running off the ground initially because I think a lot of people worry about like is it even feasible for me yeah well we had some personal money um and then of course we did get a little bit of a business loan from um, our bank and we did a lot of the work ourselves yeah so we did a lot of the demo um we hired a friend who was a contractor we hired a friend who was an interior decorator um and so I can't remember off the top of the head what the actual financial number was but we did like we self-financed and did finance with a bank so kind of combined blend of financing so it's doable it is doable I mean there's sacrifices right like Carolyn and I went from income owners to then deciding we we always consulted with really good lawyers and accountants and so right away they're like why would you give yourselves wages when 
you should just leave the money in the company. And so Carolyn and I were both fortunate that we had husbands that were working and so could yeah. support us while we started this venture. And so for the first few months, Carolyn and I just left all the money in the company as well. Yeah. That's what I hear from a lot of business owners. If you can put the money mm-hmm. back into the business, do that. Yeah. It just kind of helps yeah. you grow, gives you that little bit of, um, you know, they can, we also didn't hire a lot of people at the beginning. Yeah. So it was Carolyn, myself, um, our mom used to come in and help. Our husbands would come after work. Our other sister would come in and help us. Yeah. Um, a few family friends would pop by and help us on a weekend if we knew we were going to be really busy. And we hired a few employees kind of towards Christmas yeah. to come in and just help us get through some of the like closing shifts and things like that. And then yeah. we hired actually one of our very first pastry chefs in February of 2005. And she still works for us today. Oh my gosh. Yes. Very cool. So your first real paid staff was about six months in? A little bit less than that because we did hire a couple friends of ours to do our closing shifts. So one was a gal who was going to college. Another girl was a teacher and they were just kind of, so we hired probably, I would say about a month in, we had a couple people that were working for us. Yeah. Yeah. So where did you get the confidence that... uh, this was a viable business. Mm-hmm. Like, was this, like, did you guys do some market research? Was part of it a leap of faith? Like, I just think at the time when Carolyn and I opened up, there was a lot of really mediocre baked goods on yeah. the market. Um, the way that we were doing it, and there's this really funny story that Carolyn and I always tell. So when the reps came, so the product, you know, when you buy your flour sugar, yeah. the guy came to us and he's like, you want to buy what? We're like, pigs of flour bags of sugar, blocks of butter, real eggs. And this was a total foreign concept to him. Like he's like, you know, they have cake mixes. And we're like, yeah, yeah, we know. <laughs> but this is, this is tell how we know, yeah. right? This yeah. is, this is how we grew up baking. And so we're just going to replicate it. Yeah. And he just didn't, that was one of our biggest hurdles to get through is that people just didn't, couldn't see it. Yeah. And it's so funny. I think the Calgary food scene has changed so oh, much yeah. since the year 2000 even like oh yes yeah there was nothing like you guys on the market but there have been some cupcake competitors that have come and gone Mm -hmm. do you only look at the cupcake as the competitor or what Mm -hmm. is your sort of range for competition in the market you know what we always say competition is healthy it keeps you you know it keeps you humble it keeps you on your toes to watch what things are going on there's always room for great food products, yeah. right? So there's lots of great ice cream stores. You know, like baked goods have kind of taken a real turn. Like before, you're right, we were the only ones on the scene, and then a few have come, and then they've gone. But there's always room for really yeah. great products. And to us, to have other people come up and offer a really great product is great. Yeah. That, for us, helps build this great culture of people wanting better baked goods, better treats for themselves, willing to pay the money because they know that what they're going to get is something that will be completely worth it. So, you know, we, we do watch when we see new things coming in, we'll kind of, we used to be obsessed. Okay. Like obsessed. Googling, watching what other people were doing, but then we found it just really started to detract from where our creativity could be spent, right? Like we would way better spend our time sitting around our table with the people that we work with saying, okay, what's our new craving of the month? And we all hash it out instead of being obsessed over something that other people are doing. Yeah. 
I do have a couple of listener questions actually, because yes. I put it out uh, to the Facebook group and okay. people were super excited that you guys are going to oh, <laughs> that you're fun. on the podcast. Yes. Someone asked if you were inspired by Magnolia Bakery at all in oh, New York. That's, that's a good question. So when we first opened, yeah, there yeah. was basically, there was um, a cupcake shop in Vancouver, yeah. cupcake shop in Toronto and Magnolia in New York. And so we went to Magnolia probably a couple of years after we opened. Okay. We didn't realize that it was as, as big a hit as it was. Like yeah. it's the crazy. The lineups around the block. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Like, so when we opened our storefront, we started with our cookies in the front and our cupcakes secondary. Yeah. Like that's when you would walk into Kensington and everybody yeah. went right around the cookies and over to the cupcakes. And so we wanted to do cupcakes because we had these great cake recipes and we wanted to do single serve serve right so um we wanted to do something single serve that would go with the cookies and we're yeah. like oh cupcakes we know how to do cupcakes we love cupcakes yeah and that's where it came from and then yeah. like boom it just exploded isn't that nuts that the thing that you thought was not going to be as big a hit yes. was is the bulk of your business I'd imagine yes yeah 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 oh that's crazy so you, you talked about being all hands on deck in the mm-hmm. early days. When did that start to shift and how did you and Carolyn kind of divide up who did what? Mm-hmm. So Carolyn and I, it's always funny, like I'm like, Carolyn taught me how to bake. Yes. Because <laughs> so, again, like I said, I was outside, she was inside, yeah. right? We just had different interests and, and, and passions at the time. And so when we first started doing this, Carolyn was the one who trained me and, yeah. and baked and and even to this day, so I know how to mix, she knows how to bake. And if we go in and help at Christmas time and stuff like that, I'm like, ah, I, I'm really uncomfortable in front of the oven, yeah. <laughs> right? Because we just kind of fall back <laughs> into our roles. But I would say when we started to open other stores, we would divide a little bit in where we spent our time. So there was Kensington, then we opened a really small I'll call it a sub store in yeah. on 17th Avenue. Yep. And then Willow Park. I was heartbroken when you closed the 17th Avenue. It was so Such close a to my cute house. Store too. We yep. love that store. It was like high schoolers our first, were so pumped oh, about gosh. it. I know. I know. It was always it was it was busy, and it, we loved it. We yeah. loved it, but it was just we felt it was missing something at the time. Okay. Right, kind of that hustle and flow of yeah. bakery, and and it was just really very small and not an ideal location. Yeah. Right. Streetwise. Yeah. No loved, parking. Loved the space. Yeah. yeah, not great street visual either. Yeah. So lots of people missed it. People couldn't find it. Yeah. They didn't know where it was. So I would say Carolyn and Mai's roles were probably a little bit predisposed based on our personalities and our skill sets. Carolyn's very product and operational based and I'm more people culture based. Yeah. And so I would say we probably kind of started to divide our roles a little bit after we kind of got two stores three stores, four stores. Then we acquired this office space around 10 years ago when we really started to expand into the other cities because we needed to have a a main hub. hub. Um, We had a couple of gals that, um, again, joined us from our um, store locations that helped us grow in both operational bakery and retail operationals. So our roles went from those hands-on bakery, like we were, like we were baking the product, selling yeah. the product, closing the stores. And then along the way, Carolyn and I both had babies. I yeah. have two boys. Carolyn has a boy. And so we hired people to kind of replace us in the stores while How we that popped out. <laughs> well, we weren't gone that long. Okay. We weren't gone that long. I probably, the longest we were gone was when my oldest son was born. Yeah. I was gone for 
you know, kind of four or five months, but not, you weren't ever, you're not ever really gone, but like kind of not in that hardcore day to day, day to day, hands-on role. And so then after the boys are born, then Carolyn went back quite soon after Oliver was born because we were having a few operational constraints, we'll call it, and needed a little bit of that, you know, personal attention. And so that's, that's, and then once we had this office, then we really started to kind of gather teams and get people to help us move forward in the yeah. roles. And then that's like, there was kind of that natural divide. And even now, like today, Carol and I work on the business together, decision-making product planning, like we'll sit around with round tables. We have yeah. an, an amazing team that has gotten us to where we are today and yeah. we kind of done it without them. But yeah, right now we do kind of divide our roles a little bit. It's good that you've got those distinct skill sets though. Mm-hmm. Like I think if anyone's mm-hmm. going into business with someone else, they need kind of that complementary skill set. Yeah. Like she really yeah. sees operations and efficiency. Like she's really good at like seeing those kind yeah. of things. Right. Whereas, you know, mine's more those like the people and, you know, kind of what are they yeah. needing? So it's good. Yeah. It's a, it's a good partnership. So on the people, you talk about uh, that people need to fit the sort of crave values. So Mm -hmm. what are those values? You know, I think Carolyn and I, I, one of the things that I think why crave is successful and why the people that we have have also been able to help us make successful is because we truly are the people we are here are the people we are in our business yeah. and the people we are in our homes. And, um, you know, there's a few values that we have as people that we've just tried to then implement into our business. We, we love to learn and, um, you know, always strive to, to yeah. be better. We, um, are kind we always are gracious and you know we always are the first people to pick up the broom and help and so there's that whole value system of just loving what you do and you know just being there in the moment being authentic being genuine and then learning along the way right like we I always say that I hope when people leave our doors you know and and move on in careers or life paths that they have gained something that they will be able to always refer back yeah. to and say, you know, I loved my job at Crave. Yeah. So, you know, that's, we always want to give people skills and, you know, yeah. a real genuine appreciation for how to work hard and be respectful and be kind. Yeah. So it occurs to me that that's not even, I mean, it's phenomenal to have for, mm-hmm. for your employees to work in that kind of environment, but it rubs off on your customers as well. Cause I'm just thinking I've been in Starbucks where there's many grumpy customers. I don't think I've ever seen anyone grumpy at Crave. <laughs> I know. Well, how can you be? You walk in there, you're like, yeah. oh my god. I mean, I've seen toddlers that are like, I want it now. I don't yes, understand and why I have to down. wait. Yes. But I've never seen a grumpy adult in Crave. Well, ever. and I think, um, you know, and that's I go really. A lot. <laughs> I go, I'm just well, thank you. Preface thank that. you. <laughs> I think Carolyn and I always try to say, and even when I have conversations with people like we call the staff that work for us Crave Ambassadors, right? Like you're an extension of Carolyn and myself. And whenever we've ever had to deal with difficult conversations Mm -hmm. with people, you know, I will say that like you're an extension of Carolyn and myself and the brand that, you know, we value as two human beings. And so I think it's just the vibe in the stores. And I, and I love to hear you say that. I'm glad that you've, you know, always walked in and it's been a happy environment because that's ultimately that's what is, I mean, I'm not taking my toddler in there because he would freak out. (laughs) Yeah. But that's a definition of success right there. 
Yeah. The yeah. fact that one of his early first words was cupcake is probably challenging. Awesome. I mean, there was, well, he sees what he wants and he wants it. Yes, so it's like, cute. yeah. But yeah. little future Crave ambassador. Right oh there. man, he's a fan. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the decision to expand outside mm-hmm. of Calgary, how, how did that go down? Because you don't necessarily know the market. Like how did you... Mm-hmm make that decision? What kind of research went into that? Yeah, that's a good question. We always wanted to move into cities that we were familiar with. Yeah. So my mother grew up in central Alberta. Um, we spent a lot of childhood summers kind of in the Stetler area. Yeah. Carolyn and Antoinette both went to university in Edmonton. So there was that familiarity with the city, with a little bit of, of the culture, just because yeah. they both, you know, lived there for quite a few years. So it seemed like an uh, a natural transition for us to move into Edmonton. Yeah. Saskatoon was a little bit different. So we have a really, really good childhood friend that we grew up with and she is in the food scene. She does fruit wine and she was like, you guys have to come to Saskatoon. Yeah. She's like, this food scene is, is just screaming for you guys to come. Yeah. And so we went, we checked out the city. We loved that it was a city, but still had kind of that small town vibe to it. And again, it, it seemed like a little bit of a natural move to us because we had, you know, a little bit of a connection with her yeah. and the city and she loved it. Yeah. She's like, I swear, one of the only people who moved from Alberta to Saskatchewan. Yeah. Right. Like it's usually the other yeah, way yeah. around. And so we're like, well, my gosh. And, and, yeah. and then same thing. And then we found this beautiful little space and it's on the corner nice. of Broadway and it just glows. And we're like, yes, okay, yeah. we can do a store here. Oh my gosh. That's yes. exciting. Yeah. So this is rewinding a little bit again. I, sorry, I'm a little all over the place. It's, it's the totally baby fine. brain. Yeah. <laughs> this is what this is. I, uh, I have like a 11 year old and a 13 year old and I feel like I'm going through baby brain all over again. So, well, someone told me it never goes away and I, I don't was think it ever goes away. No, I don't. I, I don't. thought I would regain like my, <laughs> we just have really smart children. That's what I keep saying. <laughs> okay. So you pass it on. I like yes. it. Okay. So one of the things I remember when you guys came out is there weren't ads like there weren't, there wasn't a lot of advertising. You guys were very word of mouth, mm-hmm. but you had a really distinct, clear brand from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Now I know you worked with a marketing firm, but mm-hmm. how much of that was you and Carolyn bringing what you wanted to the table and how much of it was them creating this image? Yeah. And, um, that, that, and the great question. I love this question because when we opened in September of 2004, lots of people came to us and said, Hey, do you want to advertise in our magazine, yeah. in our newspaper? And it was like, it was a cost thing. Yeah. It was at that time. So cost inhibitive for us that yeah. we're like, Oh, just, we, this isn't something we can do right now. Yeah. So instead what we did is every event that people came and talked to, like asked us to be a part of Carolyn and I would go, we would take our stands and we would pass out our product yeah. to whoever would, you know, whoever was there and just told our story. Yeah. Right. And, um, a couple of things that Carol and I always say is success is we're going down to meet our lawyers or something like that. And we had our crave t-shirts on and we yeah. just had to grab something to eat. And this girl looks at us. She's like, are you girls from crave? She's like, I've heard of crave. And Carol and I are like, really? <laughs> you feel and like celebrity. Yes. It had yeah. to be like only a few months in. Yeah. And so there wasn't social media. Yeah. There wasn't blog posts, right? Like yeah. This was, ev- yeah. There this was pre Facebook, no, isn't it? Oh yeah. Pre Instagram. Yeah. Like none of that stuff was on the internet. And yeah. so 
we were very fortunate in that the public embraced us. And so we did get a few newspaper spots and um, like back when people read yeah. the newspaper. I can't believe I'm saying that. I know. And um, My, how times have changed. I know, right? Yeah. And so, and yeah, Carolyn and I would go to all these events and we would stand there and, and give people our product and yeah. talk to people and tell them who we were. And, and, and we just loved it. And yeah. so we were the face of Crave. Yeah. So I'm imagining then being all hands on deck, going to all these kinds of events. Mm -hmm. Did burnout ever happen? Like, how did you guys manage self-care or did you just power through? After one month of being open seven days a week, yeah. that's when we said, okay, analyzed our sales. Yeah. Mondays was the slowest sale day. We closed that day. Yeah. And it was crazy up until a few years ago, Kensington was always closed on Mondays yeah. just because that's the way it was. Yeah. Even a couple of our stores are still closed on Mondays. Yeah. Well, I mean, museums are closed on Mondays. A lot I of know. places like, no, nobody wants to be doing anything. On no, Monday's recuperation day. Yep. <laughs> Not that you can help, <laughs> yeah. but have a cupcake to recuperate, but yeah. we have a couple other stores. And so one now. day off a week was enough for that? Like, or. And then we hired a else? few people, yeah. um, you know, and then also Carol and I would go to wedding fairs. And so yeah. our husbands would come in and kind of hold down the fort. Yeah. I still have this funny picture Remember also when you used to take pictures and yeah. then get them developed. <laughs> so I have this cute picture of Chris and Tony wearing aprons yeah. and, and do, taking over the cupcake shift for the oh, afternoon. Cute. Yeah. So yeah. we did, we had a lot of support and we had, um, you know, we, then we hired a few people and we hired like a gal who was going to state. Yeah. And so we brought people in as, as really we needed them. Yeah. Oh, I can imagine. So you guys are this local success story in terms of entrepreneurism. Was there ever a... Like Calgary's boom and bust. Mm -hmm. Did you ever have a, oh no, we might have to shut our doors moment or just blips on the radar? Um, definitely some blips on the radar. Yeah. And I would say we're still even every once in a while getting a blip on the radar, right? We're still recovering. Yes, exactly. Yes. Well, yeah. and I think it just makes us better business women. Yeah. You know, when everything's going well, right? You can just kind of focus on doing what you're doing yeah. and it's made us better business women to kind of go through some of yeah. those blips. Um, you know, I'm proud to say that we have never had to close a store. We've never had yeah. to lay off a, a number of our staff. Yeah. Um, we've always been able to kind of just be able to be s smarter yeah. and, and work more efficiently so that we could, could keep going as we're going. I mean, you know, there's, there's some things coming up that are out of our control, minimum yeah. wage going up, um, you know, some of these new taxes that are affecting us, the stat pay. So, you know, Carol and I just spend a lot of time figuring out how we can run our business as best that we can. Yeah. Again, we consult with a really, we have a, a fabulous team. So we'll all sit around and say, okay, what can we do? And so we brainstorm it all together and, and it's, it's just made us, it's made us better. It's challenges that you're like, seriously, like I really, I, why, you know, yeah. everything is going well. We don't need this right now, Yeah. but it, it does. It makes us, it makes us better business women. Yeah. So I was going to ask you your advice for sort of new entrepreneurs, but it occurs to me, there's a lot of advice for new entrepreneurs mm -hmm. out there. What advice do you have for entrepreneurs who are like, five years into their business and trying to, you know, they've got it off the ground, but how do you take it to the next level? Because mm -hmm. I think maybe that's lacking a little. Yeah, that's, yeah, it's good. We, um, I would say to never compromise who you are or what your product is. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of always keep that ground, um, go into uh, new areas or um 
different streams, maybe a little bit more on the humble side, especially if you've had great success, but not to be afraid of it, but just to be aware that it's, it's challenging. It's totally different markets, right? So when we went into Edmonton, that was a, that was a humbling experience for us. We, um, tasted some of the products that were on the market and we're like, Oh, well, you know, this, this, you know, this is not bad, but we believe ours tastes better. And so Edmonton was probably one of our more challenging areas to go into just because there was so many established businesses. Yeah. And, um, you I know, I feel like they've been foodies up there longer than Calgary. Calgarians have been foodies. Yeah. I think they, they're different kind of foodies. Yeah. There's a really, really impressive market farmers market grouping and they really Edmontonians and surrounding Edmontonians yeah. really support that market. Yeah. And so it seems that business that kind of start there, people like that is their brand loyalty. It's boom, yeah. they, they get it and then they'll follow. And then lots of people, which is great, great success for them will then move into a brick and mortar store. Yeah. And so then that's, they get their following that yeah. way. So we did it opposite, right? We started brick and mortar and so I, I think to just kind of stay to what you know and just be patient with it and, you know, put your time in and find the right people, especially yeah. if you're not the person who's necessarily able to run the business yeah. in whatever expansion ways you're doing it. Find your mixer, find your baker. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. And just be patient and kind of, you know, learn from, you know, maybe some of the more challenging issues that may arise. But if you stay true to you, your brand and, and your product yeah. and your, your service, then then you will be successful. Do you know, this is just ringing bells in my ears. I also work in nonprofit and I see so oh. many nonprofits that don't stick true to what their core mission is because mm-hmm. they follow the funding. Yes, exactly. Obviously, it's a little bit different with small businesses, If you depending on what kind of investment you have, but like... You could do the same thing, right? If you tried to jump on something that was super trendy because you're like, okay, here, let's go for this. Let's, let's try to go for this. And I just, that's the one thing that Carolyn and I can say that, you know, we, we've really stayed true to who we are and, you know, the products that we bake are the same ones Carolyn and I have baked when we were baking them at four o'clock in the morning and, and and then selling them ourselves. So, oh yeah, it was crazy. I was never a morning person. And I always said, I go, I knew this, I knew this was where I was supposed to be yeah. because I, I am, I was not a morning person. I am a little bit yeah. now, but I would like get up and I'm like, all right, I'm ready to go to work. Yeah. Right. And my husband was like, who is this person? Yeah. Me, right? That's amazing. Yeah. So you're an established business. You're in multiple cities. What What's next for Crave? Are you looking at further expansion? How do you keep things fresh for the stores that exist? Mm -hmm. You know, I think a lot of fun things that we're doing in the stores is really trying the cravings of the month. So we are really trying to go out there with the different flavor offerings yeah. that we have on a monthly basis and they're really taking off like you, you and I were talking about our the heart when you take them away <laughs> though call the lemonade <laughs> there's a few cute things that we've done this summer in particular we've really focused on pop-up shops yeah so we have a delightful gal that's working for us this summer and she's gone around the city really trying to just maybe put ourselves into different markets you know, it's always, it's always so great when we hear people come in and they're like, oh, I've never been here before. And I'm like, 
really? Oh, that's so great. Welcome. Yeah. So I think they live under a rock, but <laughs> <know>. okay. <laughs> but it's still right. And so to yeah. kind of keep expanding that market and keep ourselves, you know, kind of yeah. top of mind for people when they're, they're wanting that little bit of a, yeah. a really delicious baked good. There's a few other things that Carolyn and I are talking about. You know, do we look at, uh, you know, a, a more expansion? Yeah right? Like how do we expand? Yeah. So it's something that we as a team are kind of yeah. chatting about, but haven't really, yeah. haven't really nailed anything down. So it's a very family business. What happens mm-hmm. when you and Carolyn retire? Is this going to the kiddos? <laughs> yeah. Well, it was funny because I was talking to the boys. I think they were asking me this question the other day. And I said to them, I go, well, maybe Crave will be a totally different business by the time yeah. you guys are interested in and crave. And you know, my other thing to them is like, you need to develop your own passion as well. Right. So I really hope, and that will be success for me as a parent, yeah. right. That they have passions of their own, but they did kind of say, Oh, maybe, maybe I'd run crave. And I was like, well, maybe you could buy a store, right? Like okay. maybe you can yeah. buy a store. And so I don't know, Carolyn, I haven't gotten there yet because we're just loving what we're doing. And, um, you know, it's definitely something. I mean, it, this is quite a ways off. I exactly. Just, yeah. Exactly. And so Carolyn and I, and this, this is probably, this is, I think really our year to kind of figure this out, yeah. right? Like what does it look like for us moving the business forward? Is it expansion? And then if it is expansion, then what does that expansion look yeah. like? And then it is, then what is going to happen? Right. There so, always has to be a crave in my life. I, there I'm will sounding always a little be a obsessive. This is a fangirl moment. This, but. There will always be a crave. Okay. There will always be a crave. I'm so glad to hear that. <laughs> so I obviously have to ask you, which cupcake's your favorite? Oh, well, I love the white coconut. And I also... You and also, my husband are of the same cloth. Are they? Yes. Yeah. I love anything coconut. Yeah. And then I also don't mind the just chocolate. Okay. Classic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chocolate is one of my favorites. Red Velvet Elvis. Oh, that's yeah. a very popular one as well. Yeah. I mean, unless there's, I mean, I always have to try the craving of the month. I, I just have to share this with the you. month. Okay. <laughs> I um, used to live downtown. Okay. And my, with my, when I was pregnant with my first son, went to Riley Park Maternity Clinic. So I would get my exercise by walking from Eau Claire to Riley Park. Oh, that was a good walk. You weigh yourself at, because it's, you know, mm-hmm. stupid pregnancy mm-hmm. weigh-ins. And then nip by crave on the way back. <laughs> I was like, if I have to weigh myself for anyone, I'm getting a, a delicious cupcake on the, cupcake way, home. On the way home. So oh, that's I cute. really looked forward to oh, my maternity so appointment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and the Made thing is, day. I always, I'm all about moderation. Yeah. That is my life motto. Yeah. That is how I eat. That's how I work out. That's, you know, that's just everything about what I live is all about moderation. And, you know, if you're going to give yourself a treat, number one, make sure it's a good treat, right? Like everything that we have is found in your own shelves at home. Yeah. Right? Like we bake from scratch. Everything is measured out. Blocks of butter. Eggs are cracked, right? Like in everything that we do, we try to make from scratch. Yeah lemon curd doesn't matter what we're putting into the products yeah. we try to make it from scratch yeah so i love that's it. why it tastes delicious it's and amazing that's why it's worth it right <laughs> yes oh, makes my day <laughs> should have brought some cupcakes oh <laughs> my husband now i have, want a cupcake <laughs> i know he was like are you gonna get cupcakes on the way i'm like no, no i'm going to the head office and he was like well do you want to nip by the bakery on the way home i was like i might Maybe. i might be inspired i'm like live close to Willow Park now. Oh, so. do you? Cute. I think I 
subconsciously have to live close to a great yeah. location. <laughs> it makes me feel comfortable. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's like my safety net. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to loop back for one moment. How many cupcakes are you making a year? Have you ever done that? Are we talking millions? Yes, yeah. I would okay. say. Yes. Every okay. store um, is a little bit different. Every store has yeah. different um, different production, but yeah. yeah. Just, I, you should do the numbers sometime. See what we should you, break it down to yeah. a single cupcake. We made 3 million that's, 560. That's yeah, that would be a fun thing to say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the five questions to ask anyone. Now, this can be professional or personal, whatever mm-hmm. in your life. What are the things or the projects that get you really fired up in a good way? Yeah. Um, you know, I love seeing people grow within mm-hmm. their roles. That, to me, is success. So that's a real passion of mine when you see people who, um, you know, and it might be anything from icing their first cake yeah. to hiring a really great person yeah and then they call and they say I've just hired a really great person seeing people move kind of within our company into different roles is really cool yeah I love that I love when I'm in a store and I see people walk through the store and they share some of their stories with me like I love your stories (laughs) of like your pregnancy weigh-in story I love that we're part of people's lives yeah and to be able when people come up and say, oh my gosh, I had crave cupcakes at my wedding. Or, yeah. you know, I love that we get to be a part of people's special moments. That's yeah. so incredible. So I love that. And, oh, probably personally, I would say that, you know, I, I, I derive a great deal of excitement from these two amazing little boys that I brought into this world and seeing how resilient and strong and brave they are. So personally as their mom, you know, that it's pretty proud for me. Yeah. Yeah. Personally, I have to ask, how did you survive the toddler years? Oh yeah. It was difficult. Okay. Okay. It wasn't even, I think it was two and a half. It wasn't even the threes. And I just remember because we have these three boys and they're all very close in age, yeah. right? So the oldest one is 13, the other two are 11, but they're turning 12 here at the end of the year. Yeah. So they were all going through all this together. And yeah. I think you just kind of live through it. And then coffee. you, coffee, Cupcakes. cupcake, yeah. cookie, yeah. nice glass of wine, yeah. sometimes Prosecco, I call it mommy's happy juice. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, a little Bailey's in your coffee. Yeah. I had this great... <laughs> You know, as much as you can plan things or whatever, I was just like, oh, my son will be like, there'll be about a two and a half year age gap between them. I'm like, perfect thinking of when they're older, right? I was like, oh no, terrible twos and a newborn. What was I What thinking? did I do? I, <laughs> like, I don't think there's ever a right time. No. And I remember my mom saying that to me too, because yeah. my boys are really close. They're like 20 months. Yeah. And so I, like, I swear. And then even I was watching Oliver because yeah. Carolyn and I had transitions in our lives and she went back to you work and I had kids the kids. under like yes. two in your house? Yeah. I used to put one in squeaky shoe and feed the two little ones. And I think you just kind of coast through it. That's why women are so strong. Yeah. It's really, we can kind of get through a day like that and yeah. then go to sleep and get up in the morning and do it all over again. And there's this surge in female entrepreneurs as well. And I think mm-hmm. there's that, yeah, we, mm-hmm. we can handle it. We can. Yeah. We can. I like it. I'm not sure if you're a reader, but what's mm-hmm. the most inspiring book that you've read in the past few years? You know, I, that was a good question. I hadn't really thought about it, but there was one that I read and I wrote it down here. It's called Good Leaders Ask Great Questions. Okay. 
And I got so many great little tidbits about that. I started using it when I was having conversations with managers. I started using it when I was having then conversations with, um, you know, we work quite closely here with um, a few gals, you know, really starting to use some of the verbiage from that. And I just think it just, you know, you read books and you're like, okay, that's, that's a really, that's a much better way to do things yeah. than how I've been doing it. I'm going to try it that way. Okay. And it was, yeah, it's a really great book. That's awesome. We'll link to it in the show notes mm-hmm. and I will definitely check that out. Yeah, that's a good one. Do you have a favorite quote or words that you live by? I don't really have a favorite quote. I would say there's a few key words that I do live li- live by. Always to be your true self, everything in moderation. Yeah. And... I just think that, you know, to always be kind to yourself and realize that you can't do everything as perfectly as you always see it. I can be really hard on myself to be the perfect boss, to be the perfect mother, to be the perfect wife, right? And then you're so hard on yourself. You know, there's been days when I've gone home and I'm like, oh my gosh, this, this day has been terrible, yeah. absolutely terrible. And you're crying and you're in, like, like how, am I, yeah. how am I managing all this? And so I think to just remember that everyone's human. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I do say this funny thing that when my kids grow up, I'm just going to get a t-shirt that says the be- I did the best I could. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I did the best I could. Yeah. Right? But I just think we're so hard on ourselves as women. Yeah. In every faucet, whether it's your professional life, your personal life, Right. And I just think to realize that at the end of the day that, you know, just trust in yourself that you've done the best that you could and, um, you know, learn from maybe how you could have done things differently. Yeah. But no regrets. No regrets. Absolutely not. What's the best life lesson you've learned or advice that you've been given? Um, I think, you know, not to be afraid to move forward. Um, you know, Carolyn and I've often talked about um, things were easier, quote unquote, easier um, when we first kind of started expanding Crave because mm-hmm. there was less pressure, right? Like there was less people working for us. Mm-hmm. There was, you know, we were we took risks a little more freely in our growth experience. Like I said, it has made us better business women. And so I think to always remember that that's who we are and that's why we're successful. Mm-hmm. And so to really kind of dig deep from that and not be scared yeah. to keep moving forward and always just to, to really love what you do. Yeah. You have to love what you do to make difficult decisions, right? You have to know that I really love, I love Crave and I love what it is as a company. I love that, like that we're part of people's lives. And sometimes you have to make really hard decisions, but knowing that in your heart, it's because you really do, do love what you're doing. Yeah. And then I have a cupcake. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. So final question, Jody, is what does it mean to you to live your best life? I think, you know, I, to be true to yourself, to never compromise who you are as a person and what your values are. And, you know, Carolyn and I have really strived as people to then instill those same values in the company that we run. You know, I think it's very, very important that the person I am here today is the same person you see as me as a mom, as a wife, yep. and as a business owner. And so really being true to yourself and knowing that the decisions that you made yeah. that you can live with and that you stand behind and 
that you don't have any regrets and that you take the time in your life to, you know, take time and, and, and be that person so that when you move forward, that that person is who people will remember and whether it was a great experience that they had in your stores, a great interview that they had, right. That they, they will remember that, that was who you were. And, and that's, that's how we've built our business. And I think that's so powerful for women because I think depending on the kind of work that you have, people feel that they have to show up differently in the work environment and and that vulnerability is a bad thing and that you can't necessarily be your full self. So I think that's... Oh, yes. Yeah. Like there's been lots of times where I've gone in and had to have really difficult decisions with um, employees and I'll look at the manager. I'm like, I am like freaking out right now. And they're like, okay, good, because I'm freaking out too. Yeah. Right? And so I just think be real, yeah. be, be who you are, because there's absolutely nothing wrong with that person. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Jody, for joining us on the podcast. Thank you.